When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hey guys, thank you for listening to Horror Movie Night. Today's episode is brought to you by our donator, Ashen Phoenix. They are a cosplaying company. You can follow them on Twitter at Team Ashen, A-S-H-E-N, and follow them on their YouTube channel, which is youtube.com backslash C backslash Ashen Phoenix. Now let's talk about some horror movies. <laughs> Welcome to Horror Movie Night. This week, we discuss a movie about kids who find an ancient text, and it causes demons to inhabit the bodies of their friends and neighbors. I will give you, I don't know, six guesses as to which movie we're discussing. Okay, go ahead. No, it's not Evil Dead. No, not Evil Dead 2. No, no, not not Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. Okay, fine, fuck it. It's New Zealand's Deathgasm. <laughs> so, this was suggested to us by a listener, and that listener sent us a very nice email. So I'm going to go ahead and read that before we uh, shit all over their life and dreams. Uh, it says, hey guys, hello, my name is Noah. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and a friend of Matt's. I listen to all the episodes, and I love what you guys are doing. It's hilarious, interesting, and always gives me ideas, good or bad, about what I should watch. I wanted to recommend my own pick, however, Deathgasm, a great horror comedy from the last year with a number of directorial influences and an incredible dildo fight scene. The story centers around teenage misanthrope and an avid metalhead, Brody, as he adjusts to the shitty life in a new town and brings about the end of the world thanks to the Black Hymn, a song that that summons the Blind One, a.k.a. the Demon King. Annex ensue, including the aforementioned dildo fight, in an effort to reverse the apocalypse. It's great. Yeah. It's great, funny, and a gory film that's loads of fun to watch. Thanks and have fun. Noah. P.S. Don't worry, Adam. There's two great sets of boobs on display. If you want to count it as one, though, it's a gnarly castration. Might modify the effects of the first pair. Um, so... I, I was still into it. It was it, still good. <laughs> so I will say this much about Noah. I know Noah because he is the 17-year-old brother of one of my friends. So... 
Oh shit, that explains it all. Yeah, I was going to say that makes so much off. sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so let's talk about Deathgasm. Um, I I watched this yesterday morning via Netflix and I didn't I didn't hate this movie, but this is definitely like you ever watch a movie and just like, yep, that's the only time I ever need to watch that. Like it wait, just wait, was, was this your first time? Yeah, I'd never seen it before. Oh, you're so lucky. Adam, was this your first time watching it? Yeah, I had never seen it before either. God, I've seen this movie two and a half times now, and it's <laughs> terrible. Uh, well, I'm on the, kind of the same page as Matt here. I didn't hate it, but I feel like it's unoriginal and uninspired and didn't need to be made. And they just sort of took bits and pieces from better movies. There's a fucking drill guitar in this movie. They even <laughs> stole from Slumber Party Massacre. Well, now you know why I hate this movie. Uh, no, but seriously, the, the uh, okay, I I really dislike this movie. Um, I don't hate it. It's just so goddamn mediocre. Yeah. Like, I, it, as you guys both said, it's been done before and better by other movies, but and TV shows, Todd in the Book of Pure Evil, is basically only... It's it's not even a decomposed corpse yet. They're, like it's 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 still pretty fresh, and they are totally ripping off the entire fucking concept. It really just grinds my gears. This movie, like people, I mean, I was even excited when I saw the trailer. I was like, oh man, that looks pretty sweet. And I knew that it had a bunch of actual heavy metal bands' music in it. I mean, I knew that the the Skull Fist song um, "Hour to Live," which I, I can't remember what part it plays in, but it's um. It, oh, it's it's the 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 song that's playing in the background when the main character goes into the record shop for the first time. Um, that's a great song. Uh, I was pretty stoked because that was all in the trailer when I first saw the trailer. I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be full of like modern heavy metal. But a lot of the music, even in the background, isn't. It's not heavy metal. It's like there's some hard rock and there's some like new metal. And he's got trivium posters up, and he thinks that. And they talk about death metal, but Trivium's not death metal. Trivium is like the Justin Bieber of death metal. And that's when I knew I wasn't going to like this kid, is he's like, that's that's like one of the first things you see him do, is he gets his new room and he takes poster. down the Jeebus stuff, and he puts up a Trivium poster. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck off, get out of here. Yeah, but like, it's, it's I, I can't blame the kid. Like, I can't blame the character. It's the writers. They basically just are trying to cash in on like heavy metal's popularity which is absurd because it's not nearly as popular as they think it is um but like because their band is they dress up like black metal like you know they have the corpse paint in that one scene but they don't write death metal or black metal it's like this weird shitty dirt metal that like if anybody lives near or has lived near northeastern ohio there used to be this concert venue in cleveland called peabody's down under which is ironic because peabody's down under australia new zealand blah blah but that place would have they'd put like 10 local bands on a tour package that already has four bands and they put it on between two and three stages and there were always 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 like three to five of those local bands were these dad metal dirt metal bands where they like couldn't write a song to save their lives and they all they, they all play dean guitars because they all all the guitar players want to be dimebag daryl um and they're just the worst riffs you've ever heard that's what their band is like also the weird thing about this is that their band name is deathgasm with 
one A, like D E T H Gasm. But the movie is titled Deathgasm. It's a real Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice kind of thing. <laughs> but it's even worse than that because it's like it's not even internally consistent. Nothing about this is consistent, and they're just throwing shit on the wall. And like nothing really horror happens until they play the black hymn. I guess there's a decapitation, and then they play the black hymn, and people start puking blood. And then there's that scene where the guy's like shitting blood, and then he pukes blood on the girl. And I was like, man, I know the only people that like this movie are high schoolers because they like that it's based in high school. Yeah, and they've probably not seen the movies that they're that this movie is ripping off, which is. Not a diss on high school kids that like horror. You got to start somewhere. But, but but they definitely haven't seen Todd in the Book of Puriable because that's no, still a very strange. underground thing. Still, but it's great. Like it's like one of the best horror TV shows I've ever seen. Like the music is all original in that show. The music is killer. Like the guy that wrote it is also the guy. It's like Metalocalypse, but live action, and in my opinion, way funnier. Oh, yeah. Like, Noah, I, I'm, I'm speaking directly to the person who picked this movie, because I'm pretty sure he's never seen Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. Next time you come over, I'll lend you both seasons, and you will watch Deathgasm again and be like, okay, I get why they don't like this movie. Well, like, and that's, that's the thing also, is that I've seen this movie more times than you guys, and spoiler alert to everybody that's not listened to at least two episodes previously. I was in a metal band for a decade. Like, I have seen the worst of the worst when it comes to, like, posers. I hate to use that term because it makes me feel like a douche, but, like, the guy that wrote this movie or the the group that wrote this movie are posers. They're just trying to, like, cash in on the the concept of of metal being popular and, and utilize it because... You know, in the 80s, hair metal, you know, like Trick or Treat and and all those satanic panic horror movies where there's like, you know, metal is the music of the devil. Like, it's all been done. It it just bugs the crap. This movie bugs the crap out of me because it's not original or fun. Like, I don't think that I've ever laughed any of the times that I've watched it. The dildo scene is really its only claim to fame. And that dildo fight is not that funny. It's, I mean, it's, it's really not. Like, the only funny thing is when the asshole friend wa- waves the dildo at, at the main character's, the big black dildo at the main character's face, and he, like, licks the dildo accidentally. That was the only part that you want to even chuckle at. But, like, <sighs> this movie is just not clever. And I can take a bad movie if it's clever. You know, I mean, like, you guys know that. You know me pretty well. You know what I like. And I like when a movie may have a lot of heart but not a lot of money and this movie had a shitload of money yeah they already have a sequel they're they're working on a sequel which is weird to me because if you look on wikipedia it says that the sequel's not supposed to come out until 2019 so like that's a long fucking time like yeah yeah that's a four-year gap between (laughs) something that's that should be i mean really they i feel like they kind of wrapped up the story well enough that we don't need a Deathgasm 2. I mean, even if the movie was good, I don't think we really need a Deathgasm 2. Yeah. No. Well, so let me talk about a few things that I did enjoy. And, uh, and well, enjoy in the, uh, in the like, grasping at straws for things. Where I'm like, okay, that was, that was all right. You know what I mean? You know, you guys are allowed to enjoy parts of this movie. Don't let me yeah. stop you. No, no, no. But I, like, I just am very, I very upset with the right... fact that this movie is so popular. That's all. So right out the gate, I was kind of into the, uh, the opening credits animation. I love any time a horror movie has opening credits animation. It's, you know, if you want to get me invested right away, you do that. Um, and uh, I, I think that 
I have a note that says, I super relate to this D&D scene while I think Scott and Adam relate to the fantasizing while listening to metal while someone else talks about D&D scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, if that's what happens when I listen to Dragon Force, I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, let's see, there's a couple quotes that I have here that I enjoyed. Uh, great shading on the demon penises. Uh, <laughs> our name can just be 13 S's. Uh, Brody's ice cream date is a snapshot of my actual dating life. <laughs> Maybe I'm don't sorry. wear close paint. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, let's see. I enjoyed the bit where Brody kills his clearly not possessed cousin. Uh, I thought the decapitation actually looked pretty solid. and uh, That was probably the funniest part of the movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, oh, he came in and he said something about Satan. You, didn't, you heard that, right? Yeah. I appreciate that they spelled Satan wrong when they uh, burned Hail Satan into the grass. Yeah, Hail Satan. But the <laughs> thing is, is that they they don't really mention that, and so it's kind of a dig at metalheads for being idiots. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's it, it. I feel like that joke would have been a lot funnier if they would have done it and then been like, "Oh fuck," and yeah. that's all they would have had to say. It would have been one line of dialogue, and it would have made it the joke work for me. The only other note that I have it says. One of the bullies that beats up Brody is the weakest looking dude I've ever seen. Like it's like this skinny redhead kid with an afro that's like kicking him with his cousin. And the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, Brody, you could take that kid. You could absolutely take that kid. Um, but yeah, I, I just this was definitely like I was watching it and I had plans for the rest of the day and I just kept like checking my watch i'm like this thing's not even 90 minutes like why is this taking so long it feels like a lifetime i was watching (laughs) it on netflix and i was scrubbing through parts because i was like i don't really need to remember their stupid conversations because i know what happens i just want to get to the gore so that i have something to talk about and um and i'm like halfway and i'm just like jesus christ yeah i feel like even though it borrows from a lot and i mean a lot I feel like put in the right hands, this could have been better. Like, like I would have – this could have been a movie where I was like, yes, I want to own this movie and watch it and show it to everybody if it was just handled a little bit differently. And I don't know how you would fix it per se, but it's like – like you said, like it just – nothing about it felt sincere. And I feel like if you did this movie, even though it pulls a lot of – Evil Dead, and it pulls a lot of Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. If it came off as like sincere, I think it would have worked. And and this is something that we're going to talk about next week, I think as well. Is like the the line of horror comedy is such a difficult one to walk because you have to be legitimately funny, and if you're not legitimately funny, then it's it's a struggle. But then additionally, like. When you're doing the horror stuff, you have to actually have some sincerity behind the horror. Like, I never felt a sense of danger because they didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, when you're having a dildo fight in the middle of the apocalypse, it's hard to really think that the apocalypse is going to happen. Um, so, I, I don't know. Like, I, I never once felt like anyone except for the people in this small town were in any kind of danger. This was not like a world-ending thing or an apocalyptic thing, it was just this small New Zealand town was gonna get destroyed, I guess. It doesn't it didn't matter. Like it's all encapsulated in that scene where 
the the guy with no eyes is talking to the cult and he's like explaining the entire plot of this like blah 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 exposition yeah, yeah he's exposition you you have to you know get rid of the book don't let them reverse the thing and i'm like i don't care like you're ex- just shut up keep going don't <laughs> stop here like just go 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 come on get give me to the next like head explosion get me to the next decapitation Get me to the cult leader's titties because those were nice. <laughs> get me, to get me the to the prom. credits. <laughs> take, me to, take me to the credits. <laughs> take me to the credits. That's <laughs> what so I feel like. God damn it, this movie. Why? Um, yeah, and, and the thing is I scrubbed through the cult leader's boob shot, so I only got that like one time watching this, which is fine. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but... That's this movie. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> That's, that should have been the tagline to this film. <laughs> Deathgasm. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, like it's it sucks because there's not a ton a ton that I can go off substance wise on this movie because it really is like the whole time I'm just like man. Remember that episode of Todd in the Book of Your Evil where like there's just so all of these things already happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, like when the teacher shits out his shits blood, I'm like, what that happened in Todd in the Book of Pure Evil? Yeah. Um. So so I want to just uh, I want to make fun of the. Can I just go through my notes, which are all making fun of the lead character? I wrote that he kind of looks like Weird Al Yankovic in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> Oh, when he had his fro or whatever? Well, when he had his, like, super long hair and he's just kind of got that stretched out face. I don't know. I, I know a lot about Weird Al, I, so maybe I'm the only I person that made that just, comparison. Yeah, I think that you just want to see Weird Al everywhere so you make it happen. Yes. So I, I'm going to make – let me just rip on this kid This a movie bit. would be better if it was UHF. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you can pick that next time we pick a movie that is uh, supposed to be horror but isn't, a.k.a. <laughs> next week. <laughs> Uh, okay, so listen, sweet combo, Aunt Bra, because he gets out of the car and he's carrying his guitar without a case and this shitty Marshall Marshall combo amp, and I'm like, oh my god, this movie sucks so hard, and the kid sucks, and then the trivia poster happens, and he's all he also talks about like this doesn't make sense because then he's got he doesn't have any trivium record uh, CDs, he's got like obscure shit like. Anal cunt, you know, like, and she's like, I know cunt. Oh, that's, mm. and he's like, oh yeah, that's not for you. Uh, but that, that joke sucks because that, that's, that joke is just, hey, let me say a funny band name. Anal cunt doesn't oh. even take itself seriously. All he had to do was throw on art fag by anal cunt. She would have been like, yeah, this is pretty good. I like this. <laughs> well, I guess if we were still doing a uh, relevant metal song, that would be the song. <laughs> um... So then, then uh, somebody said something about lower cases for pussies. Oh, deathgasm in all caps, lower cases for pussies. Um, that's the, the asshole that bangs the girl and is a shitty friend all around. Basically, yeah. um, the archetype of Adam's friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hated that guy. That was the point in the movie where it all really kind of turned for me because that guy goes ahead and, and hooks up with the chick that his friend likes, and then Brody immediately gets his ass kicked. I'm like, well, this guy's a douchebag, and Brody's a pussy. Who do I like in this movie? Nobody. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was way too close to home for Adam. Remind him of high school. Um, but uh, then, the, but they say that like the lower cases for pussies, he's like, Jeff Gazin. All caps, because lower cases for pussies. I've actually heard bands 
in real life, tell me that. They're like, yeah, because I used to do logo design and, and posters and stuff for bands that I would play with and everything when I was in metal, um, in metal, in a metal band. And I've had more than one per- person be like, yeah, and put our name in all caps. It's better that way. Seriously? Okay. So uh, heavy metal up your butthole. It r- flies across the screen in one section here. Um, and I realized the first time I watched this, that this movie is about as edgy as like a hot topic. So, I mean, this movie is like basically hot topic metal. That's, that's all it is. But, um, the, the, then I think that they do, this is the point where they do their, um, their music video, which I have to give them credit for being a pretty good satire of black metal, like low quality black metal videos. Because that's that's every that's every black metal video that you've ever seen is that dumbass guys in corpse paint and like arm gauntlets just head banging in the woods and and making goofy faces it's at the camera but then their synth player you know whatever Dion he just starts jerking off the edge of the sword and he won't stop. <laughs> okay, that is the one funny part of the movie, right there. <laughs> that, that hits a little too close to home for Scott. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm jerking off sword hilts every day. No, I mean I the headbanging in the woods thing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, uh, Matt, cut the part where I talk about jerking off a sword hilt. Just keep that other part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have to share something with you guys that you probably don't know about me. I fucking hate black metal. Have I told you guys how much I hate black metal? I'm sure I have. Um, black metal is the like uh, most juvenile of all metals. And if any black metal person hears me say that, I'll probably get death threats because they have no sense of humor, which is the worst part about black metal. Um, but so after they finish their video, he goes and has that, you know, his, his uh, ice cream date with her. Um, which is completely unrealistic because no pretty girl has ever been attracted to metal dudes. Like it's just, it's totally unreal expectations, which I will touch upon when we get to the, what did we watch? Because I think that the male fantasy has been very strong this week, um, in my life. And it's very frustrating. So there's that. But, um, question for both of you guys, especially Matt, because Matt and I are a little bit closer in age than Adam. Adam's the baby of the podcast, but when we were watching high school movies in high school, were they this fucking corny? Uh, it's tough to say, but probably. Uh, but no, actually, I did. No, it's not because I can rewatch Scream, which was like my horror movie that me and my friends would watch all the time, and I still think that that movie holds up great. Because yeah, I agree absolutely. Because it treated again, it treated everything with sincerity. Like that is Scream is a very funny movie. But it still treats every moment of terror with absolute sincerity when it's happening. Yeah, and also beyond that, there is a a, a, a real tangible level of like um, I don't know purity. Like I don't know what the term is that I'm looking for, but they 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 talk about other horror movies. They refer back to other horror movies. It lives in a world where horror movies are a thing. But it and, doesn't slap you in the face the whole time with like we're making references to movies like, like it it all comes back to sincerity again, right? Like that's what it's all about. And I know we keep fucking saying that, 
but Scream is very sincere in its love and homage of horror movies. Stuff like this, I, I wouldn't put this on like the level of fuck. What was that shitty half an hour movie with like Triceratops and all that? Oh yeah, oh, no, it's oh, not yeah, Kung yeah. Fury, but yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put like Deathgasm on the same level as that. I feel like they had good intentions here, but they just come off as insincere and and just childish and idiotic. I don't, uh, I don't like it. I think that you're absolutely right. That this that they they had an idea and they were trying to be. Um, sincere about it. I wish there was another term I could use so that it doesn't sound so redundant. But yeah, it's. It, I'm sure that their their intentions were relatively good. But then I feel like they just didn't Wikipedia enough metal bands because they kind of. It, it, that's what I'm saying about like Scream lives in a world where there's where there are horror movies. Basically, this kid in this movie goes to a town where there's no such thing as metal. And so nobody understands. I mean, it's 2015 when this movie came out. Maybe if it was 1984 when this movie was based, when metal was this new weird thing. I mean, New Zealand is not that, is not three decades behind the rest of the world. Metal is pretty well accepted. I understand that it's something that needed to be part of the storyline for this movie to make the whole work. But... I think it's just lazy writing for a movie that comes out in 2015. Doesn't it kind of ring true, though, that a kid who's like 15, 16 in high school would really only know the surface level like Trivium and all these like bands like he would only have begun to sort of scratch the surface of. Well, I I understand where you're going with that and I want to agree with you, but you're giving this movie a little too much credit because like there's the Internet. They don't even talk about the Internet. Or I mean, they might. I think they might make a quick joke about the internet, but I mean, like, but then they have that that metal magazine that they find the the guy who had the black him. They find his address. He's like, oh, you got outed. He's like, fuck, we're all gonna die. Um, so that's, but it's it's weird. Like that's that's what I'm saying is that he's got a trivium poster and he knows about anal cunt, and then he knows about like I want to say there was a Dragon Force CD in that pile. I don't know. Um, but then he talks about bands that don't exist that are like it, the implication is that they're so obscure that they, that you've never heard of them. And so it's like, um, it'd be it, like, why, why would he like trivium if he likes bands that are so obscure? Cause trivium's not even metal. They're like hard rock. It would be like if I had written a movie where my main character was really into pop punk, but the only stuff he talked about was like Blink-182 and Green Day, and then when he wanted to tell someone about a really underground band, he was like, yo, have you ever heard of Cobra Starship? Like, it's just like... <laughs> like, it's just like... Why aren't you making that movie right now? <laughs> Get off the podcast, go make that movie. But then you should have him be wearing a Wonder Years t-shirt. <laughs> well, if he's from Philly, he will. The Wonder Years is so over-the-top overrated, and if you're if you're basing it in Philly, that would be like him having a Trivium poster and then only talking about <laughs> obscure bands. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Wonder Years... They turned on the fountain today at Logan Circle. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that an obscure punk band that I don't know about? That's <laughs> no, that's the Wonder Years. Yeah, but the way you sung it, you sounded like Tom <laughs> DeLonge. <laughs> that's exactly what the Wonder Years sounds like. Shut up. 
dude, there is such a uh, since since we're barely talking about the movie anyway. There is such there is such a um, terrible thing going on with pop punk right now, where it's just like, man, there hasn't there's I can count the amount of good pop punk bands that I've enjoyed on like one hand. Uh, and I will talk about one of them uh, later on in the episode, I guess. I was going to save that for next week, but I'll do it this week, I guess. Yeah, talk uh, about because you, didn't you just go see them, like, last night? Yeah. So, but, but like, that, in general, like, every time someone's like, hey, you should check out this pop punk band, I'm like, eh. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, super... <laughs> Did you become me? Yeah, like, I'm super unimpressed by almost all of Like, people rave to me about, like, the Wonder Years and Major League and mixtapes. And then I checked all three of them out and was just like, oh, God, this is not that good. Like, Wonder Years, I think, is a good band, but there's nothing catchy about it. And pop punk needs to be fucking catchy. Here's my biggest problem with the Wonder Years. And it has been since The Upsides, which was their second record, but it was the first time I, thing I ever heard from them. Um, they, he has such a very particular vocal delivery that every band started sounding like like good friends or something like that. Real and, friends, and real friends. Real friends. Oh my god, they're forgettable as shit. Megan and I went out to um, Detroit to see. Um, this was I, I want to say two winters ago. It might be three by this point. We went out um, to see the starting line play like a, a a Christmas show, and real friends played right before them. And I was agape at how many people knew their lyrics. So I was like. This band is a Wonder Years cover band, and the Wonder Years isn't even worth covering. They, they all their sound songs sound the same. And the thing about the Wonder Years is like I, I honestly couldn't tell you a song name because all the songs are interchangeable. Like his vocal delivery is the same, his his melodies are the exact same, the guitarists are the exact same. Like there's there's nothing creative or new about it beyond this weird mold that they fill every song it feel like that they use for every single song. So you're not wrong about that. I just don't understand it. And then there are millions of bands now that are copying that same style, which it's, it's weird because of the same stage presence where they hold the mic in a really odd way. Like they're holding it like, um, at a 45 degree angle so that the, the, the mic itself is at their face, but they're, their thumb is facing the floor and their pinky is facing the ceiling. It makes no sense to me. And and they act like so socially awkward on stage and people love the shit out of it. I don't understand it all. And, and they all sing the same. Like I, I guess that the same thing happened when, when Blink-182 got really famous, but I, I don't know, maybe the internet's just made it easier for all these, these paint by numbers, wonder years, wannabes to, to come out of the woodwork but i agree with you matt i really could not tell you a good pop punk or even like emo or or anything band that's come out in the last five years that i that i liked i got Everybody a couple wants to sound like them they all, either want to sound like the wonder years or they want to rip off a day to remember which is weird because a day to remember is ripping off newfound glory we are gonna have so many fucking flame wars in the facebook thread on this one it's i'm excited just, it's gonna be great off. Okay, so, so no, I, Adam, I, I, suggest some to me, and I'm probably going to tell you, you've already suggested them to me, and I didn't like them. You also like this really weird. You like pup and and um. I like uh, pup too. <laughs> but I, 
I don't. It's very it's very dull. Like um, the music doesn't have a shine to it, and it, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of early '90s punk rock before Green Day kind of polished that turd. You know, it's just like kind of grungy. And I understand that grunge everything and and, and clothes like clothes music and and personality type and hair and all fashion everything is is trying to emulate 1992 right now, which is weird because. The fashion and music in 1992 is garbage. I remember I was alive, um, or maybe they're at 1995 now. But it's not—it's not worth copying, and I don't know why they're doing it. But it's also seeped into pop punk and and punk rock. And I really, there are no new bands. I mean, there are bands that I've been following for like a decade that have come out with some moderately good stuff in the last five years. But man. It's been rough. Adam, you go ahead and tell me, but I mean, that might be stuff that I've already heard of. Okay, I, I didn't want to do this on air. I was just going to tell you afterwards. <laughs> but fuck it, we'll do it. Have you heard Cloud Nothings? No. I like them. They're pretty good. Um, we've got Messengers. Messengers is pretty good. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be an asshole anymore. Yeah, yeah I and enjoy like that. Burn After Writing and stuff. That's a good band. Um, I know I've suggested it, and I don't think either of you liked it, but I like Direct Hit. I think Direct Hit's pretty sweet, and they have a new album that just came out this year, which uh, doesn't hold up to Brainless God, but that was pretty sweet as well. I will give it a listen. No no promises. It's another concept album, except this one is just all about doing like LSD and drugs and stuff. Oh, wow. Right up my alley. Yeah, I know. That's all. That's your scene. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like a young Hunter right Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> So those are you three. like Hunter S. Thompson? <laughs> you, you ever read Fear and Loathing? <laughs> yeah, oh so man, edgy teenagers have definitely read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So this is relevant to this week's discussion. Yeah, there you go. You should you should lend Noah Todd of the Book of Pure Evil and uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas <laughs> and a tab of LSD. Yeah, well, you know, because I have them just scattered amongst the house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, you, well, you make I it in your bathtub. You. <laughs> Forgetting that that Matt doesn't really like to uh, dabble in the uh, he doesn't like to talk about the dark arts at all, like drugs. <laughs> Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! So uh, I am going to assume that we are done talking about Deathgasm and move on. We were done talking about Deathgasm 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so I actually have been running all over the place uh, and haven't really had time to sit down and watch any movies. But I did go to my friend's, uh, my friend's band's record release show. And since it ties in so nicely with... Deathgasm and the conversation that we just had about pop punk, I figure I'm going to give them a shout out instead. Um, my friends have a band called The Danger Club, uh, and they've been working on this album for about two years now. Uh, it was recorded and mixed by Bill Henderson, who's the guitarist for Thursday. Oh, nice. And uh, the album is fantastic. It's 
Uh, it's the type of pop punk that I wish more bands were doing. Uh, it has this weird... The way I describe it is like if you blend it punchline with Thursday, you would kind of get a little bit of what this band's sound is because uh, it's very like... It's very politically driven, but it's catchy. It's got like occasional breakdowns, but it's mostly just like straight pop punk. Um, the dude is a huge... The, the guy who writes all the songs is uh, just one of the geekiest dudes, which I think is why I like him so much, like, why I like them so much, but, like, their song titles all either are references to, like, the Welcome to Night Vale podcast, or, like, spells in Dungeons and Dragons, or quotes from wrestlers, like, it's all, like, the song titles all come from stuff that he cares about, but then it's all turned into very just catchy, politically driven stuff. Um, check out their album is called The Good Times Are Over. Uh, I highly recommend if you're looking for a song to uh, kind of get a feel for what they sound like, I recommend either The C Word or uh, The Blinking Light on the Top of the Mountain um, or Eater of Worlds. All three of those are fucking fantastic songs. Uh, So definitely give them a listen, and that's all I've got right now. So Adam or Scott, whichever one of you guys wants to do something. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm I'm saving my my big one for next week so I can save the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, because it's going to fail and it's going to be your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, more Westworld, more Ash for Ash versus Evil Dead. Uh, <laughs> I'd watch. I would watch the shit out of Ash versus Evil Dead. I have 100 percent watched the evil head before <laughs> and it's not as sexy as you'd think it would be um so yeah just caught up on all that which is great westworld still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and it's coming towards the end of the season i don't think it's gonna start making sense anytime soon i'm totally okay with that um and yeah new bob's burgers new simpsons new south park all that jazz it's all fine nothing nothing particularly blowing me away right now all right, uh, nothing's uh, giving you the evil head. <laughs> I'd rather watch that again than fucking Death Cats. <laughs> well, I'm going to say the same thing about your pick next week, so get ready for that. Um, I watched Heavyweights because it just came out. Well, we watched Heavyweights because it just came out on um, Netflix, and so everybody's watching Heavyweights. And um, this is only the second time I've ever watched it, uh, both times since uh, meeting my wife. Uh, because I never watched it as a kid. Um, and again, as I said earlier on with, uh, a, a, a good looking woman being interested in a metalhead, um, the unrealistic, uh, the unrealistic romantic portion of heavyweights is also pretty damaging for, uh, for fat dudes because, um, that's, that doesn't happen in real life. All right, guys, like it just doesn't happen there's no sexy nurse waiting to see the good in you like turn that shit around gender wise and and have some like super good looking dude who goes after a woman who's 40 pounds 50 pounds i don't know how how much overweight and you tell me if that's realistic so just take that in consideration that's my two cents for this week but on that note heavyweights is is pretty great (laughs) Yeah, that's it still was a great, great fucking movie, movie. except yeah. for that part. And also, Lars is so underrated. Oh yeah, like, he's the best he's character. The best part of that, yeah. 
Yeah. It's also my favorite thing about that movie is like the last five minutes when Ben Stiller goes like straight horror movie serial killer where he's just like smashing glass on the ground and stepping over it like the fucking Terminator. <laughs> it is so yeah. absurd. Yeah, I mean, I, I really dislike Ben Stiller. I always have. I've always thought he's just so insufferable. But it's actually pretty funny in that movie. I think it's because it's a little bit less over the top than what he normally does, except for that one spot. Well, I think, um, I think a big element of it, though, is normally when he's over the top, it feels misplaced. But this one, it's like, no, his character, like, that is exactly what that character needs to be. Like, that character needs to be the most over top fucking you know, jumping on a tree branch and doing fucking flips and shit. I always enjoy the, there's like the one line where it's like, he's doing his morning jog and he just sees a log in the middle of the... And he picks it up, yeah. He goes, get out of my way, devil log! (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's what I'm going to call my next metal band. Devil log? Yeah, and it's all going to be about having the inability to poop out a really large... Devil log. Well, just make sure that it's all in caps, because lowercase is for pussies. Yeah, it's true. If there's one thing that Deathgasm taught me, it's that hot women will flock to me, and I will have to have my band name in all in caps. All right, well, that was Deathgasm from 2015. Uh, Just giving you a quick reminder that this one was picked by one of our listeners, Noah. So you can send us recommendations. You can send them to us at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. And additionally, if you want to know about what movies are coming up in the near future, you can do that by heading over to the Patreon and making a donation. If you make a donation of $10 or actually $5 or more, we will let you know an entire month's worth of movies in advance so you can sit down Watch them and figure out how you feel about them before we tell you how to feel about them. So check that out at patreon.com backslash HMS podcast and give us a little a little donation because it's helping us do some live events. We've got some cool stuff coming up. Matt, you did uh, you did say HMS podcast. It's oh, HMN podcast. That is true. Just, the, just so you know. Yeah, I uh, will. You can also... <laughs> I will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We're good. Don't you worry. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter at, at HMN Podcast. Um, I'm following people on there all the time, posting offensive shit. So. But, but not posting our new episodes, so don't get too excited, people. Yeah, no, I leave that up to Zombie Kitty. She does that for us. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, and... and, and uh, if you go to soundcloud.com backslash horror movie night, you can um, listen to our entire back catalog as well as some bonus content, some mailbags. Um, uh, I think that pretty much every song that I've written, well, the two songs that I've, re- that I've written for this podcast specifically are on there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good time and you can um, comment on there. It always tickles us to see people make fun of us uh, in real time. So uh, check that out too. All right, guys, we'll be back next week with a movie that Adam picked for us, and uh, I will. And, and we're not too happy about it. <laughs> we'll see how we feel. You know what?
Deathgasm really needed was a, a gunshot to the head of Trepidition. That's what. <laughs> if you ever touch her again, is that what the man? <laughs> man, Trivium's so bad. Even when that <laughs> CD first came out, my metalhead buddy Mario was like, "Hey, check out this band." And I'm like, "Okay, it's pretty cool. This one song. I mean, and I, but Trivium's terrible." Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 